Hello, friends. This week's episode is sponsored by Corda, and they are giving free candles to our listeners. We love Corda and their handcrafted Catholic candles. Their newest one is called Fire and Cloud and is perfect for Lent with ethereal sense of embers, smoke, and amber, inspired by the Old Testament pillar of fire and cloud, which guided God's people in their wanderings through the wilderness. So cool. And they have so many saint and faith-inspired candles too, including my personal favorites, Battle Cry, and I currently have in my prayer room, Sweeter than wine. Candles are just so Catholic. We use them all the time for the sacraments and having Catholic candles in your home really helps create a place of peace and prayer. They also make beautiful gifts. And if you know someone getting married or having a baby, Corda offers special bulk discounts for wedding favors, bridal showers, and baby showers. Corda is a Catholic small business run by a husband and wife team, and they'd love to gift you a free tea light sampler with your next order of $35 or more. That's six free mini candles. To receive your special gift, be sure to go to cordacandles.com slash abiding and follow the steps on that page. And this is good now through April 30th, 2024. Check out the show notes for that link. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Abiding Together podcast. And we are delighted to be with you on this adventure. And I know that the Lord is going to do wonderful things in all of our hearts. The Abiding Together podcast is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. And wherever you find yourself in the world, wherever you find yourself in your life, you are most welcome here. And we know that the Lord will speak to you. My name is Sister Miriam James Heidland, and every week I am joined by two of my very dearest friends, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. And we speak about what the Lord is doing in our life. We speak about our sorrowful mysteries, our joyful mysteries, and how the Lord is leading us in it all. And you are most welcome right here, right here. So please grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Abiding Together podcast. And we are already in the second Sunday of Lent, and we are continuing our journey with Mother Mary Frances and her book, A Time of Renewal. So you can jump in right wherever you find yourself. If you're new, if you haven't read, if you've read, you're welcome. Whatever would bless you, come right in. And today we're going to talk about, once again, the theme. We're pulling the themes from each Sunday of Lent, and we're going to pull the theme from the second Sunday of Lent, Year B, which is In Conversation with Jesus. But Before we begin, we've been in conversation already for some time. So Heather, can you share with our listeners the exciting thing that's happening at your little house in Steubenville? You want to share about that? That was really cool. Yes, our little home away from home. We have been renoing the kitchen, which I love a good reno. Guys, Mm -hmm. I might need to get a different hobby, though, because (laughs) it's a little bit expensive hobby. As all good hobbies are. (laughs) But yeah, so anyway, it's been like a lot of text messages and like pictures and stuff with the guy who's working on it. But I arrived last night late and they're almost done. So today they're going to finish up and I'm super excited about that. And today I'm in Deacon Bob and Father Dave's podcast studio. So they're letting me use it because over at the house, there's a bit of a racket. The holy ground. Yes. So here I am in this super pro, look at all this, this microphone here hanging up. They have all the nice things. So thanks guys for letting me use that. Yeah. Look Mm -hmm. at those Franciscans, vow poverty and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, it's great to be here. It really is starting to feel like a home away from home, just being able to connect with the community, pray here, you know, have a community to pray with. It's been really beautiful. So yeah, super grateful. It's like my mm-hmm. one thing. I'm doing it right now. But I'm doing it at the end again. Okay. There you anyway, go. Michelle, how are you? <laughs> I am good. I am good. I'm traveling a lot, just you know, weekend trips. So it takes me a little while to get back into the routine. But yeah, I just feel like I'm sure all the other moms can relate, but yeah, kids are full on. 
schedule, kids' schedules are full on. So, but it's all good. I wouldn't have it any other way. So, yeah. And your your mm-hmm. kids just got their learner's permit, right? Oh my gosh. So both of ours are 15. Our youngest two are both 15 and the dynamic duo. So let me just tell you to go to the DMV on a Monday morning. First thing. Yeah, I mean, it is seriously time off purgatory people, <laughs> you know, but it was good. And- did you make an appointment or did you show up? <laughs> oh, you have to make an appointment and then get in. And then it's this whole thing. The lady that waited on us was lovely. She was so much fun, but you know. It is like time off purgatory and God bless the people that work there anyway. But I don't teach my children how to drive. That is my husband. I won't get in the car with you until you after you've had your license and you've been driving a long time. <laughs> my nervous system is not regulated enough to teach anybody how to drive. So let's put it this way. <laughs> so yeah. You're just owning it. I, I am. I am just not a good person to do it. Chris Benzinger is a really great person to do it. He's very patient and encouraging. I would scream mm. at the top of my lungs, oh my goodness, you're gonna hit this. Like it would not be good for anybody. <laughs> so I just don't do it. Yeah. You know? well, we'll we'll pray for protection for Chris. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and your kids, but mostly Chris. <laughs> I know. The dynamic duo at the end may do us in, but that's all right. That's all right. They're great. So sister, how that's are you? Great. Thanks. How are you, sister? I love that they did that. I'm good. I, uh, we had a beautiful healing the whole person last week. So we're recording this a little bit ahead and it was lovely. God bless just people on their journey and just the, uh, the courage and humility it takes just to show up every day and just mm-hmm. open our hearts. Like it's, it is the most courageous way. And I just admire people that are on that journey. So it's always, it's always just so edifying to see people encounter the Lord and yeah, and just experience his kindness. So yeah, it's truly lovely. That's awesome. Yeah, so let's go ahead and start. We're going to pull from our week and, like we said, the theme in conversation with Jesus. And yeah, as always, Mother Mary Frances is just so so wonderful in what she does. She's just so pithy and just so great. And the quote Mm -hmm. that we're going to pull, so the gospel is a transfiguration. And then from the reading of Abraham saying, you know, here am I, Lord, here am I, Lord. And the quote from the, the the quote that we're going to pull is this one. It, it's just so great. She says, then a word about the Tabor gospel. I was newly impressed by the fact that Moses and Elijah were in conversation with Jesus. Let us be occupied always in being in conversation with Jesus. We know the deepest conversations are the wordless ones. We love that simple and profound word of Pope St. John Paul II when he says, let Jesus be the one to whom you talk the most. And I, mm. I, that's so good because later on she says many times, and, and we'll probably talk about that in our problems, we talk to ourselves. Mm. And I remember Father Mark Toops during the, during the pandemic was saying that he found most people, instead of being in a dialogue with Jesus, were in a monologue with themselves. Oof, mm, and that's, that's such a, isn't that so true when we start ruminating or we start, it really does become an internal monologue about me and what am I going to do and how am I going to figure this out? And I'm all by myself. And it's like, no, no, no. It's like the internal dialogue. So Maybe Michelle, as we jump out, what do you, what sticks out to you? I mean, there's so much content. And like we said, we're, there's, it's great stuff. You can stay with us. You can, you know, obviously walk through the days. There's so many great things during the days, but we're just going to, for our, our discussions, we're just going to stick with this. But Michelle, what about you? Yeah. Like sister said, I mean, we'll probably voice this a couple of times, but man, this week is really rich. Like there's so much you can glean mm-hmm. from it. So whatever the Holy Spirit inspires you. But I just loved the beginning of it, just meditating on the Gospels. Like, first of all, the Abraham, here Mm -hmm. I am, Lord, I'm just right here. And just really, and even thinking to myself, like she, Mother Mary Frances talks about, all right, what are the Isaacs in my life? Mm -hmm. And then what are the Ishmaels in my life? What are the things that I tried to make happen? And they were Ishmaels and they were out of order. 
And then what are the Isaacs in my life where the Lord has given these things to me as a gift and they're not in the right order and I don't have the Lord in front of them and that I'm still trying to do those on my own power. And like when she was talking about the conversation with the Lord, just going back to that theme, the Lord doesn't want to fix us and the Lord wants to transfigure us. He wants to transform us. And I've just been thinking, what does it look like for me to be a new creation in Christ? Like we throw that scripture around, like you are a new creation in Christ. And usually when you throw it around, you have a little butterfly emblem with it and it's so cute and all that kind of stuff. But no, really, (laughs) (laughs) what does it look like to go up high on the mountain, have a conversation with the Lord and through that communion, I am transformed and transfigured. And that's what Lent is about. And it happens in the communion and the Mm. conversation. And yeah, I love what you were saying, sister. It's a dialogue with the Father. It is not a monologue with myself. So how do I live that out in my daily life? I'm still trying to figure it out, people, but I'm trying. I'm leaning in. Heather, what about you? Yeah, I was thinking it takes creating space if you want to be in dialogue with God Amen. You know, throughout mm-hmm. your day. There has to be a space that you have set apart for Him. And we've referred to it often, you know, as the, the inner room, like this inner place, the the cloister of the heart, you know, as, as St. Elizabeth of the Trinity have talked about, like, there is this place which we must be able to go, mm-hmm. like, all throughout our day to be able mm-hmm. to speak with Him. Or else, yeah, we, we will lose His voice in the midst of all the other voices, including our own, which is uh, always the loudest <laughs> that's going on <laughs> in our mind. But... But the enemy is in there, the world, expectations, you know, things that we think we have to do or don't, should never do. Or, you know, there's all these things that are piled in there. And unless we reserve this space and go there regularly, you know, then, yeah, it's going to be very hard to dialogue with him. Or it feels like we're just throwing up prayers, like, which is fine. I do that, you know, but it feels like to us, our interpretation can be we're just like randomly throwing up prayers instead of like speaking with a person. Mm The person who is the savior, who who deeply cares, mm-hmm. who has the power to change and transform things like you were saying, Michelle, like who can actually do something about our circumstances, even if it's doing something here in my heart mm-hmm. so that I change, my perspective changes or peace comes or whatever it is, like strength to get through whatever trial might be there. But I also love this stuff about Abraham when she's talking about how he's thinking maybe God's contradicted himself because he's promised mm-hmm. me that I will have like, mm-hmm. you know, new descendants more numerous than the stars. And then here I am putting my only son on an altar. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, God probably has contradicted himself. This is never going to work out. And and it's just, once again, the lesson, like our ways are not his ways. Like we, mm-hmm. we're so prideful. My gosh, I think about my, I'm like, I am so prideful in that way that I think I can figure out all the things. And if I can't see it, then there's no way, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and God is the God of making a way. He is the way. That's what he says. I'm the way, the truth, the life. And so I, I, just, I just think that's a place I know for me that I need to step into a deeper trust. Mm. His ways are not my ways and his ways are better every time. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to confuse or to grasp onto the gifts rather than the giver. It's just so easy. And the Lord is so good to us that he will not let us grasp onto the things he gives us, but will only let us grasp onto him. Like he's so good. Mm -hmm. And it is so painful, isn't it? That purification of, wow, I did not know that I was making that an idol or that that was out of order or even my own way of seeing things. Lord is getting in the way of you loving me or me loving other people. And She says that on page 93 in the hard copy, she says, we all have our Isaacs, some of them lofty, some of them pertaining to the promise, some of them wondrous, and some of them very little Isaacs indeed. I would ask that we look into our lives and see what perhaps ignominious little Isaacs we may have, 
or to look at all of the Isaacs and to examine whether we realize that they are not ours. St. Paul says, what, ha- what do you have that you did not receive? If then you have received it, why do you boast as if it were not a gift? We want to enter more deeply into the mystery of poverty. Mm. I was thinking of, of that gift of Jesus, you know, as a religious sister, you take vows of poverty and it's not just poverty is not just, I won't be wealthy. Mm-hmm. It's a complete surrender of everything in your life. That's what real poverty is, is a complete surrender of everything, of giving everything back to the Lord, of choosing his life. And yeah, it just, those such, and there's no shame here. Like the tender places of our heart that we want for ourselves. Like, no, I want that. It's mine, Lord. It's mine. Or I was thinking if even in ways like when you go and visit parishes, sometimes like there's people in the parish that have been doing things for a long time. It's like the usher, it's a sacristan, or it's the greeter, or it's the money counter, whatever that is. And it's like, we have our little jobs that are important. All of us need job, but then we can grasp onto that as if it's our identity. Mm-hmm. Like, no, mm-hmm. this, this job or this task or this favor is my identity or this it's, and it's not. And Jesus is like, I love you so much. I'm going to purify you of that. So you can be one with me and I'm going to show you your identity because it's me. It's not the things I give you. Wow. That's really good. It is. And I love how she brings it back later. I think it's on yeah Monday. She tells the story and I love this. And she said, there's a story I love about St. Benedict Joseph LeBaire recounted that he made a pilgrimage to Mount, I'm going to butcher this, Alvernia, where St. Francis received the stigmata. The friars there saw him weeping and they supposing thought he was a great sinner, expected to hear an appalling tale of the crimes he had committed. The young man on his knees before them confessed that he had never loved God enough and they were stunned by this depth of purity. The saint of God who lived the most amazing life, who was truly without anything of his own, makes our little head spin by his penance. He said, I have not loved God enough. I am the worst of all. This is a beautiful confession of someone who is growing in love mm. of God. You know, and I love that. It's not about our sinfulness. It's about our love for the mm. Lord. And one of my favorite scriptures, it says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. And I just, one of the things that I love, it was very formational in my personal formation is like when I can't be obedient or there's areas of sin, it's not an obedience problem. It's a love problem. Mm-hmm. And I think going back to Abraham though, in the scripture, here I am, Lord, And it's, yes, we need to love the Lord. I didn't love God enough and say that like the saint. But also, I think the other question we have to ask, am I allowing the Lord to love me? Am I here in his presence? All I have to say is, here I am, Lord, love on me. That's all I have to say. And he comes. And he is attracted to my poverty, like sister was saying, and my weakness, like a magnet. My poverty and weakness are a magnet to his love. They're not a deterrent to his love. They're actually an open invitation to his love. and. I don't care. Like for me, (laughs) I know this, I work on it, whatever. It's still (laughs) a daily decision to invite him into those places and say, just here I am, Lord, love me. Mm. Yeah. That daily invitation. That's so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I think being able to acknowledge our weakness in a really honest way, she talks about this throughout this week, is like so essential for Mm -hmm. our spiritual growth. You know, our littleness isn't something that we should run away from. And I think I mm-hmm. do when I, I don't want to admit I'm wrong in front of somebody that I feel like is going to judge me and then oh, think so that I'm not good. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's when I don't want to admit it. If I feel like I'm loved and safe, I can be like, Oh shoot. I'm so sorry that I did mm-hmm. that, that I failed because mm-hmm. I know it's, there's not going to be rejection on the other end of that. Mm-hmm. I think when we fear rejection or judgment or someone, and again, like our identity, like you were saying, sister can often be wrapped up in the need to be right. 
that that actually can be part of our identity. Because if somebody thinks I'm wrong, it's actually striking at like I'm a bad person. Yes. Like it goes mm-hmm. right to the core. And I think that's actually very common for a lot of people. So this this compulsion to like, no, I need to be right and I have to protect any failures that I have and make excuses for it because I feel like I'm actually like it's hitting like the core of who I am. Mm. And I've just been like reflecting on how welcoming God is to the places of my littleness and that he never comes with rejection ever. Mm-hmm. There's never rejection or judgment on the, on. well, there's right judgment, you know, like right judgment. Like, yes, 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 there's things that are wrong and it's okay for that to occur because it's surrounded always with love, right? Always surrounded with love. <laughs> I had this experience. Can I just be honest? I'm not great at going to confession regularly. Okay. I feel like a bad Catholic in that way and it's something I'm working on. So I'm making a commitment like in the last several months to be going like, Every four weeks, like this is like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this. So anyway, it had been a little bit and I went and uh, the priest who was there, I never, I had never been to confession to him before, but he's very old and he's retired. He's the cutest, like so sweet. He's like a very sweet man. Anyway, he can't hear. So (laughs) I sat down and I like started to say my sins and he, and he was like, what's that? So I literally had to (laughs) yell my entire (laughs) confession and I was like, like it was already, it's already humbling to come to (laughs) confession, but now imagine yelling all of your sins. (laughs) I was like literally yelling all my sins out. Anyway, I was so thrown by it that I think he thought I was coming to confession for the first time because I was so uncomfortable. And he was like, uh, when it got to the end, he's like, oh, I have a little act of contrition here on a paper. Do you like it? I'm like, would you like it? And I was like, oh, no, it's 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 okay. Like I could do it. And then I glanced at his paper and it was a different act of contrition than what I normally say, mm. which then threw me, he goes, okay, go ahead. And I just sat there like I blanked <sighs> completely on oh, my act friend. of contrition. So he says, oh, I think you need one. And he passed me the paper and I literally sat there and read the paper and he goes, you can keep that, dear. As I walked out and I was like, <laughs> This is the most humbling That's situation. That's the best story. That is the I best story. I just, oh. I just laughed. I actually walked out to my car and I laughed my head off when I got in the car. I was like, for sure, he thought this was my first confession. Like I've never been before and I don't even know my act of contrition. And I was just like, I laughed because I was like, Lord, you know, you know me. And I'm so glad that you just loved me right there in all that mess. Anyway, it's so funny. That's great. Thankfully, my sins were forgiven at the end of all that, you know, so. Yeah. I, love, I love that. Like what an unexpected even delight though. Like then it's just like, I love that you got in the car and laughed. Like that's, I love that's it. That's great. You got so the Lord. <laughs> well, yell our sins, you know? Yeah. Well, hey man. Well, Let's did you know Damien sins, and Molokai yeah. had to do that in the leper colony in Hawaii? So because he was in a leper colony, nobody would come onto the island. So he literally had to stand at the shore and the priest was in the boat out at sea in front of everybody. And he had to yell his confession <laughs> in order to go to confession. I'm like, could you imagine how humbling that would be? I'm like, I don't know if we're humble enough. I'd be like, could you imagine if everybody heard like there was, but he wanted to be free. Wow. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's legit. Yeah. That's legit. I love, yeah, it's great. I was also just noticing in her reflection on Sunday was something I'm so grateful that she brought up. Like I just, mother Mary France is just a rock star, but she talks about our pet, you know, whatever that is like our little Isaacs. But then she says that many times it can be the Isaac of our pet problem. Mm-hmm. That problem that we have, she said, You give a lot of attention to it. And she said, I turn it upside down. I look at it from right to left. I pet my pet rock and I think about it and take upon it the burden of myself. I will in no way sacrifice that problem because that pet rock of a problem has become my security. 
Perhaps people are blamed because of my pet rock, my pet Isaac rock. And this is a shivering thought. She said, our life can start revolving around our pet rock, our pet problem. And no one may solve this. No one may dare say, you know what? That's not much of a problem. It doesn't really deserve that much attention. Why don't you throw it away? It's just so great. So she's like, let us joyfully give God our Isaac, whether it be our work, our project, our interest, our concern, or whether it be a pet rock of a problem that we have. And I was like, oh, isn't I love that so that. good? Because we can take our, really our problems on as our identity too. And I just was thinking this morning in all honesty of like, where are the places in my life that I self-sabotage in order to confirm my own deepest fears? Mm. Like, where I will self-sabotage something Amen. so that I can say, see, look, this always happens to me. Look, see, I, I I can't get past this. Like, look, it's I'm always the victim here. And I'm like, well, hello, Holy Spirit. You yes. know, I just, wow. And have I made some of my problems my little pet? And it becomes my, no, 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 no. They can't be transformed because I don't know who I'm going to be if I'm transformed. My identity is in my whatever. I was like, amen. Amen. Girl, that was Amen. Mother Mary mm. Francis, you go. It is. Because isn't Good it word. so we uh, feel more comfortable in the chaos than we do in the freedom. Yep. Like there is something about yep. the chaos that we feel more comfortable in. And instead of looking at the chaos and with compassion and curiosity, say, all right, I want to be transformed. Holy Spirit, come into this. You're like, oh no, that is my security blanket. That is my little pet rock. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stay here. Like we mm -hmm. joke in our house, like when Chris and I are having a conversation, we joke and call each other, okay, pride rock, you know, the little place in Lion King, <laughs> you know, like, oh, but I'm just yeah. going to stand on pride rock, you know, and uh, you know, this is my position on this area. Yeah. That's so good, sister. That is so good. Gosh. We want to go in the promised land, but man, we fear the promised land. We fear so the true. promised land and we we just look at the giants and we don't look at the power of the Lord in the promised land and that he will provide manna for us every day. And we already project the problems that are going to happen tomorrow instead of staying in mm -hmm. the present with the presence of the Lord. I mean, I woke up in the middle of the night the other day thinking about the spring and all the different things. And the Lord is like, I was just praying and it's just like this anxiety was casting me over a man at 4 a.m. Everything seems so mm. huge. You know, like, it just does. Mm. Yeah, it's <laughs> so true. Yeah. And I was just 4 like, is the time the, of huge. it is. And the Lord's like, I'm already there. I've made a way before you. Will you surrender it? And like, there's grace right now in the presence. I am. So just stay in the presence. And I will go before you and there'll be grace in that situation, but you're not there yet. So I was like, okay, okay. Remind myself, you know, Lord, you're with me in the present. Yeah. You know, Heather, what are your thoughts? I think the other aspect that we, you know, the other aspect I think we get hung up on is for change and transformation to occur is we're scared of what will be required yes. of us, you know. And how bad it will hurt. And friends, the reality <laughs> is it's going to hurt because there's a death that has to occur <laughs> yes. for new life. Like that's not a joke. No. Like that's not, that's not a joke. And it's not just like a, you know, an analogy to look like there really are deaths that need to occur to things. And there's things that should die yes. within us. You know, there should yeah. be a stripping away that needs to occur, but it's always with the promise. When we do this with Jesus, when it's something that he's inviting us into, there always is new life, always yeah. on the other side of that. And so I think that's where we need to bring our fear, mm -hmm. you know, the fear of like dying and the pain. And sometimes we're like comforted in our sin more, like, because mm -hmm. we don't want to go. And I'm like, it's a bad trade. Yeah. Like to stay in our sin is never, never the right option. Although that's yeah. what the enemy likes to convince us of is that, no, this is better. It's not mm -hmm. going to hurt as much. We are, we are suffering deeply. Our souls are deeply suffering mm -hmm. when we're in our sin or in our woundedness. And Jesus wants to set us free. And the only way through is to die. And that's where the new life comes. And so take courage. 
(laughs) Take courage, friends. Like this is the pathway of of real living. Mm -hmm. Amen, friend. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And it's all in conversation with Jesus. Mm -hmm. All of it. Every single part of it is all we can bring. Everything we talked about today in conversation with Jesus. And that's, that's communion. So. Amen. That's a good word, ladies. We did not know the Holy Spirit was going to do all that. So there we go. That's a good word. (laughs) Heather, would you like to offer your one thing for our listeners this second Sunday, the second week of Lent, I should say? Yes. As I started out, my one thing is just in Thanksgiving for Deacon Bob and Father Dave Mm -hmm. and letting me use this nice little space to record this morning. We also were here last week. Jake and I were on their podcast, They That Hope podcast. It was complete nonsense for at least... 15 to 20 minutes. We were just goofing (laughs) around. Father Dave started with, and here we have Jake Kim and Heather McGuire. Throwback (laughs) to my my maiden name. I love it. Let's redo that intro again, you know. Anyway, it was super fun to be with them. And yeah, I'm just really grateful Mm -hmm. for the the community here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Michelle, how about you? Yeah, I'm going to piggyback on that for just a minute. Yeah, Heather and I both went to Franciscan University and they have a thing. They don't have sororities there. They have a thing called households. And it has been over 20 years since Heather and I have been in school. A lot more. We're old. But I have to give a shout out to my household sisters. It has been a long time since we've all been in college. And we don't keep in like daily contact. But it doesn't matter how long time passes, like whether it be a couple of months or a year or two. It's something about when you're grounded in faith in those relationships that it is just it can pick back up. And you can just like I've got a couple messages from different household sisters this week. Just share me some beautiful stories about their children, some hard things about their kids. And so but I just love the beautiful mm. presence. And one of them, uh, one of my household sisters, Mary Beth, just sent me a great book that she thought I would like just out of the blue. Mm. So I just really want to thank, yeah, just those relationships. And there's some beauty about that. When relationships are formed in the faith, yeah, they just go the distance through years and years and years. So I'm just really thankful mm. for my household sisters from Franciscan. That's so true. Yeah. That's so true. I've been watching that even like we've had some of our classmates pass away recently. Luke Condit recently passed away. And to even just see online like all of his household brothers, like right there, you know, for every step of the way. And so it's a beautiful beautiful thing. thing. Households are wonderful. College friends are great. Mm -hmm. They're just funny. Like College friends. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, sister? Yeah. My one thing for the week is a book that a friend of mine recommended that I've started listening to on the, an audio book. And it is a book by David Brooks called How to Know a Person. And I believe the secondary line is like how to deeply see another and be deeply seen. And I, it's very good. I, it just, it's really wonderful. And there's like a lot of stories and just kind of a lot of understanding what it means to be human and what happens when we really see each other. And, and it was really great. He said, you know, when we think about being a conversationalist or receiving another person, he's like, I just have to tell you, you're probably not as great at it as you think. <laughs> And it just gives all the caveats most of us fall into, you know, just of our own kind of self-absorption or just missing or like in our minds, completing these sentences for the person without giving them a chance to express like the goodness of who they are as a person at all times. And so hmm. I, I think especially for Lent, I, I was a practice that I want to have. So I felt like it was very providential. And my friend was like, you should check this book out. I'm like, don't mind if I do. So hmm. How hmm. to Know a Person by David Brooks. I hope it might bless you. Get a kick out of it. So. That's great. Awesome. Anyway, friends, here we go. We're going to keep on the journey. We are still in the beginning of Lent, and we're going to just lock arms here and make the journey together and be all of it in conversation with Jesus. So until next time, we'll be abiding together. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend and leave us a review? We encourage you to head over to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com 
where you can find all the show notes, links to our one things, group discussion questions for each episode, and beautiful coffee mugs, t-shirts, journals, and prints in our shop. There you can also subscribe to receive our weekly email with links to each new episode and all of the content. We'd love to connect on social media and invite you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can catch inspiring reflections every day. You're also welcome to join our private Facebook group and dive deeper into discussions with our fellow listeners. If the podcast has blessed you, would you prayerfully consider financially supporting us? The Body Together podcast is only available due to the generous support of our listeners. There are significant costs associated with creating this content, such as tech support, design, website, equipment, and hired staff that we need to be able to continue offering great content. Abiding Together is a nonprofit 501c3, and all donations are tax deductible. You can make donations of any amount through the Patreon website, or you can send us a check directly if that's easier for you. If you donate $15 or more per month on our Patreon page, you become a tribe member and you will receive bonus content every month, such as recipes, music playlists, downloadable prints, and more. You can find all the information at patreon.com slash abidingtogetherpodcast. Thank you so much and God bless you.